Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Today, we're recording this on the evening of Monday, September 12th, which means that there is a game going live as we speak that we are not watching because we care about you, the people, because we are here, Mike Dickinson, to break down our favorite waiver wire targets of the week. Now, before we get into it, okay, we got to talk about one of our DFS Army members because... At the end of the day, it says it in the title, we are a DFS company. And one of our longtime um, patrons, Rapid Fire XD, took down the Millie Maker yesterday. So congratulations mm -hmm. to Rapid Fire XD, man. And so if you go to the DFS Army website, there's a few articles that are actually breaking down the process. And just looking back and looking at what he did well. And um, look. It's it's just it's so impressive, man. I mean, when there's like what a million type entries that 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 are going into these contests nowadays, it's just every single day, Mike. We were tweeting out from the DFS Army Twitter account, people who were just making money, and even like looking, look, you don't need to be betting because some of these guys are mass multi entries or spending hundreds or not thousands of dollars. You can go and just play a few small dollar contests, and you can still cash using the tools on the DFS Army website. So, I mean. Pretty much, you follow our Twitter. People were adding the DFS Army account, and it's just win after win after win. I call it ABC, Mike. Always be cashing. <laughs> I, love I, love I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm not a DFS guy myself, but that's why we're here to talk about some waiver wire ads for exactly, you season-long yeah. players. Yeah, so for you season-long players, it I would say probably the – let's start with the running back position, Mike, because that's – you know typically that's the most caloric-type position um, in terms of an instant impact to your – fantasy team and this week uh, i guess should we say it was expected elijah mitchell went down with a knee issue he's now expected to miss up to eight weeks and so obviously that's going to open up an opportunity for the san francisco running backs now the most obvious player that i'm looking at mike would probably be jeff wilson who he did have a 59 percent snap count and he was the lead back after elijah mitchell was hurt but what's interesting is that <clears throat> Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, who was a rookie that they drafted this year, he was inactive. He was a healthy scratch, which I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Niners have a thing for healthy scratching their rookies, but Jordan Mason, um, he ended up being the third string running back, but he played more so on special teams. So for the people, I'm going to recommend, ugh, and this kind of hurts me to say, that I think Jeff Wilson is probably the running back to own in that backfield, but I get the feeling this is going to go. <clears throat> this is going to completely devolve into a complete committee. So, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And we've seen injury issues linger with Jeff Wilson. Um, I think he had either knee or hamstring last year, so he's not he's not the most rugged guy. What what we liked about TDP in the pre-draft process was his size, and then we really liked his landing spot. So, if you got room, um, hopefully, if you drafted Mitchell. You're at, you already had Wilson as the handcuff because that's who everybody was kind of projecting to be the handcuff all the way through. Um, this was always going to be a timeshare backfield. So hopefully, what you can do is you can bump, you can bump, um, you can bump Mitchell down to your IR spot and just throw TDP right in there. That would be the ideal situation. I know nobody gives a crap about my fantasy team, <clears throat> but on one of my home league teams, I rolled out Allen Robinson, Cam Akers, and Elijah Mitchell. So. Oh. Needless to say that barring a miracle tonight, um, I'm probably going to lose that matchup. It is what it is. Fantasy hurts. What would you be willing to pay in terms of a fab budget, 
Mike, because this is what it really comes down to, is that I'm not sold that Jeff Wilson is going to just take the, the reins. I could see it maybe being a 50-50 uh, market share. My suggestion would be between 25 to 30% of your, of your fab, and, and that's on the high end. If I'm bidding and I don't need running backs, I'm not desperate, probably 12 13% realistically. My max bid for this, if you're desperate, because look, some people do play in deeper leagues. I'm probably going to say 25 to 30, but that's on the maximum end. I'm if it's me, I'm putting 12, 13 bucks down max. Yeah, I'm I'm in the me personally, I'm in the five to fifteen range tops. I think that the problem okay. with it is that Trey Lance is going to get the high value touches there, the goal line stuff, the so he's yeah. going to eat away at it. So you see Wilson, you see a little bit of TDP, you see Trey Lance. I think it's just going to be ugly. Yeah. Okay. So uh and the way we're going to do it is we're going to read these in order of our priorities. Um so if you disagree, let us know. Hit us up. In the comment section, if you if you believe one of these other players should be higher up. So next up, we got James Robinson, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Cam Akers was one of our favorites. He's going to be the Achilles back, bounce back. Well, guess what? Cam Akers did nothing, and, and James Robinson, all he did was produce. And what was interesting about Mr. Robinson, Mike, is the fact that him and ETN actually had almost a 50-50% snap count. ETN was 51%. James Robinson was 49%. But... Mr. Robinson rushed for 11 times for 66 yards, and of course, he got the one touchdown, and he caught one of two targets uh, for three yards. Now, ETN, by comparison, he only rushed four times for 40, but for 47 yards. That's a pretty damn good um, ratio there, and he got two passes for uh, two passes for a total of 18 yards. So ETN was kind of disappointing, but it really was a 50-50% share. ETN probably. Well, he's definitely not on your waiver wire. James Robinson could be. He definitely could be. So I like Robinson. Man, I'm starting to think he should have been a number one guy. But I, I'm in the same thing. I Because it's going to be a timeshare, because it's still the Jags, again, maximum if you're desperate, 25 But probably what? 12 13 bucks again so i'm tech i'm higher on robinson than i would be on any of the san francisco backs and there's two reasons why one i've seen okay. the doug peterson show for years in philadelphia doug peterson splits his backs he splits his backfields he doesn't care he doesn't care about etn being better um he'll he'll run him in for three series and then run him out for three series that and the fact that i think that three years in we just got to admit that james robinson is probably a pretty freaking good football player he's like good. yeah man. he's produced he produced for two years as an undrafted free agent and he's come back yeah. he tore his achilles in january and he's back and he put up two touchdowns yesterday i mean that is absolutely insane i think he might just be an elite athlete and maybe he doesn't have the test metrics to show it but i think he's just good at football so for that reason i think he has longer term value all through the rest of the season. So what you're looking to do with your fab early in the season is you want to maximize it. Like I know there's some guys that always want to have a chunk of fab left at the end so they can blow it out and get the, you know, the prize free agent going to the playoffs. But really what you want to do is you want to spend it now. So you get the most for it. If you spend $20 now and you get James Robinson for the next 15 weeks, you're really, really, really maximizing your dollar. If you wait until the end and you blow $30 on somebody that you maybe only need to spend five for and you get them for two weeks, maybe not the best use of your money. It may help you win a championship but at the same time we're looking to maximize we're looking to maximize over the duration of the season so for that i'd be a little bit higher i'd probably get 20 25 on james robinson if i'm if i'm running back needy yeah so ladies and gentlemen we did a pre-show meeting to discuss some of these and it's the one thing i asked mike was hey mike what do you think about my order he's like yeah it looks good and then of course he comes on live on the air and he just completely well but that's fine as, it's fine it's as i thought it. as i thought through it more of course i know that's we reflect on these and you know what yeah i'd probably have james robinson at the top too so 
scratch that. Jim Robinson is a guy. Uh, number three on my list, Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert. So he only had 29% of snaps, but he did rush nine times for 49 yards and had the touchdown. So it's one of these situations once again. Now, that whole Chicago Niners game was a bit of a mess, period. So it's gonna really it's really hard to glean like any real takeaways from that because it was just the game itself was just a, a, a mess, right? Both literally and figuratively. Um, but Khalil Herbert's gonna be a real part of this offense. And it's one of the reasons why we didn't get a lot of David Montgomery because you could pretty much wait till around 11, 12, pick up Khalil Herbert and get a pretty similar production out of that. So um, look, Herbert's probably not going to be a guy you want to start every single week. But as we get into the bye weeks, which doesn't start till week six this year, but as we get into the bye weeks, as injuries start to pile up, that's when you're going to have to find these, these prayer type players that have an opportunity every single week. And, and Khalil Herbert's one of those guys. What do you think? Yep. I love it. Uh, I was always big on clear Khalil Herbert's talent coming out. Um, uh, I kind of, I heard him cop to kind of guys like running style, like Lev Bell, the way that he has that pace and anticipation, the way he lets things develop in front of him. I don't know that he's quite at that level, but I've always been high on him as a player. So I think I'm a little more overweight on him than some other players, just because of the dynasty shares that I have of him. And I picked him up later in a lot of my drafts this year. So I, I dig it. I think it's in the, I think you can safely bid five to five to 10, 12% somewhere around there. And yeah. like you said, he's a, he's, he's definitely a bi-week flex play and his upside, he has RB1 upside if Montgomery goes down. Yeah, if you own, if it, you own right? Montgomery, if you own Montgomery and you don't have him, I would be 20-25%. I would make sure that I get Khalil yes. Herbert on my team. Absolutely. I would overpay for him if I'm the Montgomery owner. That's that's sharp for sure. Okay, so let's move on. Rex Burkhead. Oh my good lord. Ugh. Okay, so Rex Burkhead, of course, of the Houston Texans, had 71% of snaps. And he actually looked decent yesterday against the Colts. 14, so he rushed 14 times for 40 yards, but he caught five targets for 40, for for 30 yards. Again, the key here is the fact that he's getting that rushing or that that production through the air. Now, by comparison, one of our favorites, Damian Pierce, he only played for 29% of snaps. He had 11 attempts, but he only had one target for six yards, or one target, one reception for six yards. Needless to say, it was a little bit disappointing. But I mean, these old crusty coaches like Levy Smith, maybe just like, hey, listen, rookie, like you got to earn your stripes in, in, in real game situations. Um, I don't want to get over my skis on Rex Burkhead, but he's still a running back. He's still the starter on an elephant NFL team. And he's I think he's a serviceable flex play every single week. I would be probably willing to bid five, six percent. Yep. Yeah, that's about right. I think that his usage will drop in the next three to four weeks and Damian Pierce's will will start to elevate because Rex Burkett is what, 32, 33? He's, he's older. He's older for a running back. Um, yeah, he is tw- 32 years old. 32 years old. Yeah. So yeah. so he's definitely, he's got some miles on him. Um, I just think that Pierce is a better player. And by week four, I think Pierce is going to have, I think the the shares are going to, the, the snap shares are going to be flip-flopped. I think sure. you'll see Pierce at 70, you'll see Burkett at 30. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, okay, Dontrell Hilliard, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. Now, he didn't play a lot of snaps. He was only on 18%, but he did catch three or four targets, including a 61 yards, and he had two touchdowns. So, look, we all know Tennessee is a Derrick Henry show, but I think we're even, we're starting to see it. And last year, Henry had, once again, elite usage. He got injured. 
he he did get hurt. He did miss a couple plays this game, but he did come back in, finish the game, obviously. But I get the feeling the Titans, they really do have playoff aspirations. Now, the only way it's going to happen, and they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, was with a healthy Derrick Henry. They're going to get Dontrell Hilliard a little bit more involved. He's probably going to be pass, passing down back. So he's going to be a player that, again, in deeper leagues, especially PPR leagues, you might have to play him in your flex when push comes to shove. So um, probably 5%, 4 5% of my budget max for Dontrell, yep. you, you know, less than that. No, I think four or five percent is fine. Like I said earlier in the season, you want you can spend a little bit more because you want guys that you that you'll get a little yeah. bit more mileage out of. Um, if anything happens to Henry, I think that they would probably look elsewhere. I don't know that Hilliard would take over the the you know as the three down back, no. but I think that I think that he has standalone flex value once we get into the bye weeks. And if you see something happen to Henry, his usage will jump up. I mean, so I mean Hilliard, he's 5'11", 202 pounds, so. He's not a big guy, but he can still take a hit, right? Like he's not gonna—he's not one of these 190-pound players, so he can take a hit. He's not just a pure scat back. He held um, his own last year too. Exactly, exactly. Now Jalen Warren originally had higher up on my list, but uh, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, rookie running back, in fact, um, he moved his way up the depth chart this year, and he came into the game as the RB two. Najee Harris got hurt. It looked like it could be worse than what it was, but it sounds like he's not going to miss any time. So he's probably going to play in week two, which I believe is against the Patriots. So Jalen Warren, he's a guy that's worth stashing because, I mean, generally speaking, we have this approach where we like to stash these cuff running backs on our benches, and that's what Jalen Warren is right now. But the problem is, is that Najee Harris, once again, did not do very well. I think he averaged like uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but like two point two yards per carry yesterday. So which is it's classic. The, the Niners O line is putrid. The reason Najee Harris is so elite for fantasy is because one, he's an amazing player, but two, because of the usage. He's going to get 90 percent of the of the opportunity share in that backfield. If Jalen Warren was to step in, I don't think he's going to get that same opportunity share. So obviously, he's not quite as sexy. Maybe upside what as a starter. 10, 11 points, hoping to get into the box. But yeah, just, I mean, yeah, low end, low end RB two. Like he's yeah, not, he, he's not a one for one replacement the way that you see some handcuffs truly are. So no, so I, I'd be like maybe one to three percent mm-hmm. on Jalen yep. Warren, depending on how ambitious you are. But you know, he's not a guy that I'm going crazy after now with with the updated news just as of a couple hours ago that Najee Harris isn't expected to miss any time, which is good news. Now, last player. This is the this is nasty. This is disgusting. Um, one of our one of our flex plays before the uh, start sits came out. So this was Saturday morning. Was Tyler Algier, the rookie running back on the Atlanta Falcons? Now Algier, much to my chagrin, was a healthy scratch. Damian Williams, who our friend over at Rosterwatch Byron Lambert was talking about, he's preaching from the, from the rafters. Damian Williams is going to be the second RB in this offense, and lo and behold, he was. He did get hurt. He did injure his ribs in the game, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. He's still going to play. So again. Maybe one percent, maybe just a zero dollar bid, because I don't think anybody's going to be bidding on 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 Damian Williams. But he's the RB two in that offense. Can I just say, at least now, Cordero Patterson, man, he was a steal in drafts. You could get him in round ten. And yeah, we know he's probably not going to stay healthy, but man, he's just he all he does is produce. Because look, the NFL, it's a new thing. Like we always talk about the Debo Samuel role, but that's the same role he played last year. So yeah. it's it's yeah. exciting to see, man. I think I think he's another one. Like he's just as much as we hate to admit it, he's just he's a good football player. He 
He's a good football player. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, let's move on because you have a hard out in uh, about 15, 30 minutes sort of thing. Um, yep. Are there any RBs we missed? Any RBs you want to bring up or we think we got them all? No, I think we got them all. All right, okay, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Now, okay, starting off right at the top is my top waiver ad is Jahan Dotson, the rookie wide receiver for those Washington Commandos. Yes, I know it's the Commanders, but forever they're going to be <laughs> Commandos to me because Dan Snyder, you know he goes Commando. Anyways, oh, so <laughs> so Jahan Dotson, what you like to see is, I mean, frankly, both him and, and Curtis Samuel had great games, but Jahan Dotson, 88% of snaps, ran 40 routes, he had five targets. He went three for 40 and had two touchdowns. We heard it all camp. He had great chemistry with Carson Wentz. And TMC, although uh, John Hansen on Sirius XM uh, for Fantasy Points was talking about how he thinks that Jahan Dotson is going to overtake TMC as the wide receiver one in that offense. I'm not quite there yet because TMC, I love. He's a more complete player. But Jahan Dotson's a dog. I mean, he was somebody that we've been on this whole preseason process, when he went in round one, we were ecstatic. And he's proving that he's got that chemistry, man. At the end of the day, if you can get two touchdowns on your first game, it's it's very impressive. So I have Jahan Dotson as my top waiver ad. I'm probably willing to bid upwards of 15 to 20% for this guy. Yep. Yeah, I would be I would be inclined to do the same. Brandon, Brandon D. Adam has been all over him since the very beginning. He was very high on his catch radius, even though he's not he 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 plays bigger than he is. He's got a huge catch yeah. radius, even though he's not the biggest guy. Um he goes up, he high points the ball really, really well. He's another, he's a really good, another tech another really good technical route runner that's yeah. come out of Penn State. Like I think we gotta we might just need to pay more attention to these guys that are coming out of Penn State. I mean, you got the Allen Robinsons, he didn't play so well, but Alice, Allen Robinson's a good football player, Chris Godwin, John Dotson, these guys are just coming out that are they're just good wide receivers so um i love it okay moving on jarvis landry now alan Slavsky of rotowire was on our show and i talked about how i how landry has no sex appeal and he really doesn't but he did receive nine targets which loves the team and he went seven for one or 114 yeah we didn't get in the box because that's not what jarvis landry does he doesn't catch touchdowns but listen in ppr leagues man it's it's just you know, Des Daxes and Jarvis Landry going eight for eighty every single game, and that's pretty much what he's what he did. Yeah, I mean, I've al- I've always been a Jarvis Landry guy. He's somewhere like to me. He's always been like a PPR cheat code, kind of like a Jacoby Myers or a Hunter Renfro yeah. guys that you can get cheaper guys that are going to produce for you. You throw him in your flex every single week, and you know it's what is he tenth, eleventh, twelfth round? He was going this year. He was going fifteenth. I saw him later. in some places. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that Jameis loves to sling it. He's nothing. Nothing's better than Jameis down late when he's just slinging it all over the place. And yeah, Michael yeah, exactly. Thomas got in the box twice, but he didn't look. I, he's not the. He's not. He's not the Mike Thomas of old. And I think what will happen is eventually Olave will emerge as the number one in there. But for now, it's Jarvis. Yeah, man. So, I mean, like Olave, he also had a very good game. I'm just trying to pull up the stats real quick. So, yeah, he did 74% snap share. He only had three targets, though, which was a little bit disappointing. He did catch all three, though. And then Thomas, he's still the lead dog in that, in that offense. Um, really, it's he only had eight targets for uh, went five for 57. And then, of course, he scored the two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which made the week for you. And which, congratulations, Saints, man, just to come back against the Falcons. The Falcons... They must have PTSD or something because they cannot just hold on to these damn leads. And every single time they're up, it ain't over till the clock's show zero. So rest in peace. But yeah, man, Jarvis Landry, as at least for now, mixing in, it's gonna be it's gonna be messy every week. I mean, Alvin Kamara really didn't do too much. So you know Kamara's gonna have his games, but 
just based on the fact that they were behind, they had to throw the ball a lot. And Jarvis Landry, he moves the chains. And that's what James Wentz is going to want to do. Okay, moving on. Curtis Samuel, again, of the aforementioned Washington Commandos. 71% snap share. He had 11 targets. He went 8 for 55 with a touchdown. Plus, he had four carries. Now, Curtis Samuel, Mike, this is a guy, before Debo Samuel was a thing, we were screaming that Curtis Samuel should be that all-around utility knife type player. I mean, the guy is elusive. That's what he did in college. And he's 5'11", 196, but he's got a 4'3", 140-yard dash. So the guy's got quicks. He's a professional wide receiver. I would have him higher up on this board if not for the fact that, one, he's a commander. And two, you know, he, he can tend to disappear. And I mean, we even saw it in previous seasons where we would have one game and then for the next month, you would do absolutely nothing for your fantasy team. So be cautious, but I would seven, eight percent, maybe. Yeah, uh, I'm good with that. I was going to say around five. So we're right. We're right in the same place. Um, He he did it his last year in Carolina, which is why they spent so much in free agency last year to bring him here. He had hamstring and groin injuries all year that kept him off the field. So this is what we were. This is what we were thinking when Rivera and uh, North Turner came to Washington. We thought that this is what this is the role that Samuel was going to play. And uh, it's nice to see it come together. And you're happy for the guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, moving on. Greg Dorch. Arizona Cardinals slot receiver. He played 91% of snaps. Okay. He, he basically was playing in place of Rondell Moore, who we found out he's going to miss what four or five weeks. Yeah. So, uh, Dorch caught seven and nine targets for 63 yards. And the thing is, is that you look at his advanced, like, uh, just athleticism. He's not a super athlete, but he does have a 79th percentile agility score. And so when you look at these smaller slot wide receivers, that's exactly what you're looking for. So listen, as long as Ronda Moore's out, shit, maybe when Ronda Moore comes back, if Dorch keeps playing like this. But you said it yourself, Mike. Like, Kyler Murray had eyes for this guy. And I'm convinced AJ Green is dust. Like, he's he's still dust. Yeah. And it's going to be Dorch, man. Yeah, I had thought, I, I had hoped it was going to be an AJ Green week. I, I played him one spot where I was jammed up, oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out so well. But I think <laughs> you look at Rondale Moore being out and combined with the fact that Zach Ertz was a little bit banged up. I mean, Dorch was there and he was healthy. So mm-hmm. um, Kyler fed him. And I think that this just bodes well. You know, assuming that Rondell Moore is fully back to health when he gets back, I think this bodes well for him as well. So if he's been dropped, if he's out on your waiver wire, you may want to sneakily add him back in a, in a week or two. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it's going to be interesting, right? Because obviously, um, Jandra Hopkins is suspended for six games, so he'll be back week seven. And at that point, it might be totally muddled. But for the next few weeks, you could probably plug in Greg Dorch with with at least some semblance of, of confidence. So probably, what, 5% max, 4 to 5%? Like, none of these guys are going to yeah. destroy your slate, right? So, you know, throw a few dollars on these guys. Next up, Julio Jones. Thought he was dust. I mean, he struggled with injuries, but as long as he's getting the opportunities, like he went. Okay, so he only had three. He only had five targets, which it felt like if you were watching a game that all Tom Brady was doing was going to Julio Jones. But he did catch three of five for sixty-nine yards. But he also rushed twice for seventeen yards in the win over Dallas. So, I mean, Julio Jones, as long as he's healthy, and Chris Godwin got banged up, of course. Now, I didn't didn't hear. So, was the hamstring? On the same leg as where he tore his ACL, or was it the I don't, opposite one? 
I think it was the I think it was the opposite one because it, when I read about it, it read as a compensation injury. So a lot of times, okay. what you see is these guys that come back from the ACLs they have issues on the other side because they're trying to compensate for them. It's not it's not out of the ordinary for them to actually tear the ACL on the other side the year after the the year after they tear the ACL on one side. I think this, it happened to Deshaun Watson his rookie year. He had torn his ACL yeah. his senior year of college, and then he, or or previously, and he came back and tore his he tore the other ACL his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's there's there's all sorts of as- injuries and complementary injuries that are associated with these major injuries. It's the reason that I was off CMC this year. And typically it's the reason that we're off these guys coming back early off these ACLs and major injuries. Obviously you see Robinson was the exception of that, but by and large, you kind of gonna, you want to fade them around or two because of it. Well, and that's the thing. Like we were, we were joking in one of our drafts. So an auction draft we participated in Chris Cobb went for six bucks, which was a steal. Even now, looking back, it was probably still a steal. Um, but we were lower on him at the FS Army simply because all the reports coming out that he was going to be healthy is like, shit, maybe we're too low on this guy. But we stood by our process and we said, we're not going to draft players coming off injury because the risk of them getting injured is just too high. I mean, when the guy doesn't practice in full, and all of a sudden his game day and he's just, you know, going as fast to his routes as he can and gaining that separation like that's what happened these injuries build up so I'm, I'm gonna break this one out this is this is a this is a geek one so for those of you who drafted godwin rest in peace opium oh so good <laughs> and that, that's, I'm gonna pull, that's, a, that's a geekism okay let's move on uh tyler boyd tyler boyd tyler boyd tyler, he did catch the td um, after T. Higgins left the game, he got seven targets. He went four for 33 with the touchdown. Now, T. Higgins is, is in the concussion protocol. So sometimes it takes a few days. Other times it can take these players multiple weeks. So we don't know. Again, we're recording this on Monday evening, September 12th. We don't have, we don't have an injury update yet from T. Higgins. But Tyler Boyd, he's a player that we're targeting a lot. He's one of the guys I targeted in Scott Fishbowl just because he's the kind of player that in the event of an injury of T., has had injuries throughout his career can step in and he's going to get production he's a professional slot wide receiver if he was on any other team he'd be the de facto number two it just so happens there's two alphas on the cincinnati Bengals. so i like the idea of going and targeting tyler boyd now the thing is is that if it's tuesday night and we have an update about d higgins and it sounds like he's coming out of the protocol maybe bid just a couple bucks on tyler boyd but i'd be willing to go up to about four or five percent if we do, without any additional news on T Higgins. Yep. I would too. And I think that Tyler Boyd is the rare wide receiver handcuff. If either one of these guys chase or Higgins misses any time, you look for a bump in production out of, out of Tyler Boyd. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Cincinnati passing game when we move into a, a, one of the other positions. Sorry to, Sorry to throw a spoiler out there, but Boyd is just a really good football player. This is a high-volume passing offense. Their defense has not improved the way that they said it was going to be. Um, the offensive line did not look great. Uh, Burrow was under pressure all day, so it's just it's going to be another high-flying Cincinnati offense. Yeah, and I don't have the number in front of me because, again, a lot of the so annoying, a lot of the advanced stats aren't out yet, which is is what it is. But I think I heard somebody say that they ran something like sixty-nine plays, which was near the league lead in week one. So um, they were up there last year too. Yeah, so they were it doesn't up there look last like anything's year. changed. Exactly. So they're going to run quickly. I mean, it's, it's them, it's Dallas. So yeah, a, a guy like just getting any piece of that offense and Tyler boys, a cheap, 
part or a cheap way to get a part of that offense. Okay, a few more players, and we'll move on to the other positions. Robbie Anderson. Oh man, Carolina. Too bad. Too bad they didn't win. I don't know. I don't know if I was cheering for Baker or not, but they lost. Um, Robbie Robbie Anderson had 100% snap share, and he had he ran 33 routes. Okay, which is pretty decent. Got five of eight, going for 102 yards and a touchdown. Of course, one of those the touchdown catch was a 75 yard bomb. So hard to say if you know he's going to be reliable. Uh, you said it before the show. You think it's fool's gold. I tend to agree with you. Hence why he's so low on this list. But you got to throw it out there. I still think DJ Moore's the alpha. We all know he's the alpha. He's going to get his. So this was Robbie Anderson game. If he didn't have that 75-yard touchdown, it would have been we would have forgotten about him, right? So those don't happen very often. So buy Robbie Anderson with, with caution, maybe a couple bucks. Anything yeah, zero dollar bid, zero dollar bid for me. Yeah, maybe maybe a dollar. It depends on how deep your league is. If, if you're yep. in a shallow league, zero dollars. Honestly, if you're in a shallow league, he's probably not even worth considering rostering. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Baltimore Ravens uh, wide receiver Devin Duvernay. Man, okay, so Duvernay had two touchdowns, which was fantastic. He went four for four on the two touchdowns, but he only had a fifty percent snap share. Think about Devin Duvernay, and we've always been talking about this. Like he was one of the he he would return kicks because he's a speedster. He has four three nine speed. Um, he was a guy that we really like actually. Um, deep player. I have a decent number of shares of him in my best ball leagues, just because. I mean, it's, it was hard to say exactly where that uh, pass distribution was going to go in Baltimore, just because who else did they have? But Devin Duvernay, he's going to be very much um, bust potential boomer bust type player, but. I mean, any pass catcher on that, on that Baltimore Ravens offense, but he's worth throwing maybe a $0 bid, $1 bid. Just, you know, throw, throw him on a waiver if you want to build up your depth. And the thing about these these players at this stage of your of your bench, you're going to be churning these guys constantly, right? So Devin Duvernay is worth the guy picking up just to see what happens next week. Nothing happens, you drop him. No fuss, no muss. But Devin Duvernay, keep an eye out for him. Anything to add? Nope. Okay. We're going to go through these last couple guys quickly. So Kyle Phillips, Tennessee rookie. He was a fifth round pick this year. Um, listen, he played the slop. He played 46% of snaps. He went six for 66 on nine targets. And the thing about uh, Kyle Phillips, again, is that he's, a, he's just de facto white slot wide receiver. And he has a 90th percentile agility score. So Robert Woods. He apparently was 100%. He didn't look 100%. Traylon Burks, it's been up and down. It's hard to say. So, again, I, I still think Robert Woods and Trey Burks are going to be the de facto one and two on that offense. And in a low-volume passing offense, you probably don't want exposure to that wide receiver three. But in PPR leagues, again, just like we talked about with Jarvis Landry, this is a type of player where just put a $0 bid on there. Just, you know, just throw them. So at the bottom of your waivers... And if you get him, just keep an eye on him. Maybe don't start him next week, but keep an eye on him because if his usage continues to go at this rate, the Titans are going to play him. They're going to have no choice but to play their best players. So Kyle Phillips, worth a gamble there. Yep, 1% to 2%. 1% to 2%. Okay, last wide receiver, Josh Palmer of the uh, LA Chargers. Now, the only reason I have Palmer, because I'm not a big Palmer guy. I know there's like he's got a little five on Twitter of these Palmer fans. I'm not a big Palmer guy personally, but Keenan Allen, now I don't have an update on his injury, but he could miss a few weeks. So at that point, Josh Palmer is worth considering an ad. Same deal. Now, the thing with Josh Palmer is we're probably lower on him than some of the other uh, sites out there. 
because like I said, there's some stands out there. So Palmer might be higher up on other people's lists. If you're confident about it, go for it. I'm not going to say if he's your guy, don't go and blow the budget on this guy. Maybe two or three bucks max. Again, for me, he's more of a $1, $0 bid type player. Yeah. He, I thought he was going to get run when Allen was, when Allen went down, but it looks like Palmer is the, is the outside is the number two outside receiver. And if Williams got hurt, then Palmer would have a ton of value. Um, I forget what the guy's name that was, that was running in the slot for, for Allen yesterday. But I mean, Allen is also at his 30. Carter. Yeah, it was DeAndre Carter. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Yeah, um, Allen is also at his year thirty season. So um, uh, we were we were afraid of this. We were afraid of the injury was going to get him. It was going to catch up to him at some point. Yeah, and I was thinking about putting Carter on this list, but I mean, he was twenty nine years old. Like he's five eight one nine. Like he's just yeah, he's a jag. He caught the touchdown. He he's just exactly he's a jag. He caught the touchdown and that that saved his day. But you, if I'm going to choose between those two guys, it's going to be Josh Palmer for sure. So yep. That is it for the wide receivers. Okay, real quick, let's talk about quarterbacks. Dak Prescott is going to miss four weeks, five weeks, it sounds like. I thought it was six to eight. Or six, oh, six to eight, that's right. Oh, and that's right. Initially, they thought it would be four weeks. It's going to be six to eight. He broke his finger. Some to be uh, He fractured some, to be specific. Mm-hmm. He had surgery yesterday. Man, the Cowboys before that injury looked rough. They looked like they like, looked like every single play was a challenge, even for CD lamb. It's going to be long season cowboy fans, especially yeah. if, if you're stuck with Cooper rush. So for your super flex leagues, <laughs> throw a couple bucks on Cooper rush because Hey, he's still a cor- starting quarterback in the NFL. But if Geno Smith is out there now, look, I haven't seen the game for an hour. They've been playing for an hour now. I don't know what the score is. I don't know if Geno Smith is having a decent game or not. So if he is having a horrible game, don't tell me, Mike. Don't tell me. Uh, but I would rather have Geno Smith than I would rather have Cooper Rush. So just keep that in mind, okay? Um, also, just I don't think it'll happen, but it came out recently that Jimmy Garoppolo was somebody that the Dallas Cowboys were interested in for this exact reason. They, they believe that they've got a good enough team to move forward. Um, obviously, Jimmy signed with the Niners, so that's not going to happen, but Maybe if the Cowboys are willing to pay, maybe they can get Jimmy Garoppolo off the 49ers team. Yep. Uh, deep super, yeah, deep super flex leagues. I have a league where super flex league where I kind of went, I kind of cheaped on quarterback. And I think mm-hmm. my top two quarterbacks are like uh, Lamar and Daniel Jones. And I took a flyer on Deshaun Watson late. So I'm probably going to drop Watson and maybe pick up Rush just, just for yeah. the heck of it. It's a pulse, man. It's a quarterback with a pulse in Superflex yep. leagues, especially the 12-team leagues. It's shit. If you play in a 14-team Superflex league, well, congratulations. My hat off to you because that's just <laughs> maniacal anyways. But, yeah, man. It's, yep. Some of these leagues are crazy. Okay, let's yeah. move on. Tight end. This one was a little bit more challenging to, to sort through, but I'm gonna let's start off with Hayden Hurst, okay? So Hayden Hurst, I think he's definitively going to be the pass-catching tight end in that offense. And 75% of snaps, he had eight targets went five for 46 now he's going to be in that mass cluster of uh jeff Radcliffe calls him the three for 30 guys right so it's these three for 30 players they're going to get three receptions for 30 yards and you pray for that touchdown that's what that's what hayden hurst is that's just he's in that bucket of players but you like the snapshot count and you like the fact that he got eight targets especially in your tight end premium leagues that can add up quickly so i have yep. my number one take uh waiver wire ad yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Again, we talked about the that that's a high volume passing offense. They uh mm-hmm. they had OJ Howard in the building and they let him walk out. So a 
Um, I, that's kind of shocking just based off what he did in Houston uh, yep. this week, this past week. Um, but it, it more so it lets you know that they believe in Hurst as a pass catcher. So, uh, you know, he was, he played well that catch he had towards the end of the game on the sideline where he got both those toes out. He's a, he's a beast. He was a first round draft pick. I think he was, he was actually, drafted he, was, ahead yeah. of, he was, he was drafted ahead of Mark Andrews. So there's some yeah. pedigree there and I've always been a Hayden Hurst guy. I like him. Just ask Mike Yeager. There you go. Just ask Mike Yeager. All right, let's move on. Tyler Conklin, tight end for the New York Jets. 92% of snaps. He had seven targets. Went, he got four of them. Went 14 yards and a touchdown. Again, same bucket as Hurst, but we're saying it. Tyler Conklin is going to be the pass catching back for that offense, and he was. Yep. He was a pass catcher. He was a primary pass catcher in Minnesota last year. It was between him and Zach Davidson when Irv Smith went down. And, you know, he played well last year, played well enough that the Jets took a shot on him. Uzoma is obviously is more the uh, the blocking tight end. And uh, Conklin's going to be the, the move guy that sees the targets in the passing game. Yeah. So if you're desperate, you're deep, get deep, baby. Because guess what? In one of my leagues, I'm going to be starting Tyler. Now, granted, this is a dynasty league, but I'm going to be starting Tyler Conklin next week, which kill me now, but. <laughs> Such is, such is life in these deep dynasty leagues. Okay, moving on. O.J. Howard, Houston Texans tight end extraordinaire. Wow. He only played 17% of snaps, Mike, but he went two for two. Got two touchdowns. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not the amount. It's more so the magnitude that we talk about. Now, touchdowns are finicky at best, but we do know that Houston Texans, typically they like to draw plays for their tight ends. Now, by comparison... Revan Jordan, who was a starter, he did play 60% of snaps, but he also only had two targets and basically did nothing with them. So, I don't know, man. Uh, O.J. Howard was cut by the Bills, which was frankly a little bit surprising to me. Um, obviously, they have Dawson Knox, but I thought, hey, why not have him as a backup tight end? They didn't like what, he, what they saw in him, which obviously gave us worry. I guarantee you O.J. Howard is on your waiver wire. Probably in most leagues, including Dynasty Leagues, he's out there. Yeah. Um, are you confident starting him every single week? Absolutely not. But the Texans looked decent yesterday, man. They, they they looked better than we thought they would. And Davis Mills likes the tight end and pick him up as a bench dash. Mainly in these uh deeper leagues again, but he's a bench dash. Thoughts? He's been in the build. He's been in the building for a week. Like for him to yeah. go out there and get in the box twice, only being in the building for a week. I, he had athletic pedigree coming out of Alabama. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick for a reason. I think that think that he maybe the fit wasn't quite right for him in Tampa, but he, I mean, he's doing something right and something something's working in Houston. And you know, two for two with two touchdowns after being there for <sighs> five days of practice. So I, it's yeah. worth an end of the bench stash. What's what's the worst that happens? He he doesn't do anything for the next two weeks, and you cut him. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, and uh, deeper benches. So typically, my strategy for tight ends, unless. Uh, yeah, unless I just absolutely waited, I typically will only roster one tight end in my redraft leagues, so I don't wouldn't necessarily go out and get it. But again, if you've got like some of these leagues have six, seven, six or seven bench spots, if you need a second tight end because you got like Evan Ingram or some you know some jag as your tight end one, then OJ Howard, he was somebody that we loved. He was a dynasty favorite, man. I saw him live in person. I was down on the field. He looks like an absolute monster. I'm like this is the guy, and he's he's done nothing in his career so far. But OJ Howard. Take a shot on him. Okay. Last yeah. but not least, last but not least, he's a tight end. He's not a quarterback anymore. He's designated as a tight end. You know who I'm talking about? Taysom Hill of your New Orleans Saints. This guy. 
<laughs> he killed my Alvin Kamara shares yesterday. I was so pissed I off. Know, oh, it too. was it was me absolutely too. terrible. But oh, he's man. not he's not going away. The Saints, Sean Payton believed in him, and this new the new regime believes him as well. Dennis Allen and the new regime believes him as well. So if they're going to use him, you might as well play him. Um, yeah. The nice part is that he he gets run. I believe his touchdowns were on the ground rushing, so yeah. he's yeah. getting run on the ground. And if you can get somebody like that into your tight end spot, he's a cheat code. We actually <laughs> we actually talked about him when we were back in June. When we were talking about best yeah. balls. We talked about him as a last round draft pick because he has that tight end eligibility. But he could be a running back. He could be a quarterback. There's all sorts of things they could do with him. So as disgusting as it is, yep, you gotta if you're desperate, two tight end league, or if you're desperate, one of these deeper leagues, grab him. Yeah, look, he he rushed for four times. He got 81 yards and a touchdown. So it was it was a magical thing. It's going to be rough. I mean, I I think the Saints in general is going to be a tough team to predict every single week because they do actually have a lot of talented players in that team. And if you're in a quarter or in a superflex league and you do have uh, Jameis Winston, that could be a problem because you're going to get vultured by Taysom Hill in a lot of these situations. So um, that's it, man. This week, the week two waiver wire show. Again, all of our content over at DFSArmy.com. We make money. As Geek always says, he likes to make money. And every single day, like literally one of our members, actually two of our members now have won the Millie Maker in the last couple of years. So not a bad start to the DFS Army team. So come check it out. There's a whole bunch of tools. Um, one of the biggest things is that learn, it's about learning from your mistakes, right? So for the last two or three weeks, um, on the discord and with with our members the geeks been going and doing back testing to determine optimal lineups for every single week in the 2021 season to learn and understand roster constructions what wins what doesn't win ownership percentages all that sort of thing things people way smarter than me get to do so that's their bread and butter and listen it's producing results you saw it just yesterday somebody won a million dollars so shout out to our guy rapid fire xd for being a long time dfs army member um hit us up dfsarmy.com can find all of our content there you can of course reach out to myself at the flex network one on twitter you can reach out to mike at mike underscore dickinson mike thanks for jumping on hopefully you can come on more and more often yeah get a little bit more normal for you yeah and um that's it man good luck in week two and Let's keep cashing, baby. So for Mike, I'm Flex Shane, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show.